0: Today is Wednesday, November 8th. The title for our devotional is Freedom from Sin. Yesterday we saw the alternatives to the biblical ideas of freedom. We conflate the categories of sociopolitical freedom as a good and apply an over-realized version of it to our spiritual life. The other alternative is a perceived freedom from all restraint that ultimately is more bondage. The biblical framework for freedom is that we are free from sin and the law and free to submit ourselves to God's will, and to one another. The culture of Jesus' day, which is first century Israel, also possessed a culturally informed view of freedom that was contrary to the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus often had conversations with the Pharisees and the Jews in which he attempted to point out this blind spot. He has one particularly poignant conversation in John 8. Not unlike many conversations today that attempt to untangle our American concept of freedom from our Christian concept of freedom, this conversation ends in a rather ugly manner. They accuse Jesus of being a Samaritan and having a demon. Jesus tells them that their father is not, in fact, Abraham, but Satan. Uh, Then Jesus claims to be God, and they try to stone him. This is (laughs) so fun. In Jesus' conversation with some Jews who believed in him, okay, these are Jewish people who believed in him, we see this distorted concept of freedom come to the forefront. John 8, 31 to 38. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth... Will set you free. Okay, so remember, what's at stake here is the concept of freedom. And we're going to see how the Jews who believed in him, those who are listening to him, distorted this concept of freedom. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me, because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in my Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. (laughs) That's where it gets gets wild after that, but we're going to pause there. Uh, The Jews were thinking socio-political freedom here. Jesus was thinking spiritual freedom. They had blended the categories just as we tend to do today. Their identity is so wrapped up in their nationality as descendants of Abraham that they struggle to see beyond that. One could argue that their statement is parsing hairs a bit as well. They may not be slaves at the moment, but they are under the rule of Caesar in the Roman Empire. Prior to this, the people of Israel had been overthrown by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Before that, they were enslaved in Egypt, all of which they apparently overlooked with this statement. Even so, Jesus is not speaking of literal slavery. No matter how many times Jesus suggests that he is not talking of their national identity but their spiritual identity, the people simply cannot get past it. This blind spot was also wrapped up in their cultural paradigm of the Messiah. They thought the Messiah would liberate them from their socio-political oppression and reestablish the independent kingdom of Israel. This assumption caused them and many other Jews to miss the true Messiah, Jesus, completely, and still does. D.A. Carson, in his commentary on John, puts it well. He says, not only does the practice of sin, uh, the Greek is literally the one who does sin, Prove that one is a slave to sin, but the practice of sin actively enslaves. For Jesus, then, the ultimate bondage is not enslavement to a political or economic system, but vicious slavery to moral failure, to rebellion against the God who has made us. This is still Carson. The despotic master is not Caesar, but shameful self-centeredness, an evil and enslaving devotion to created things at the expense of worship of the Creator. This is why Jesus would not let himself be reduced to the level of merely a political messiah. It is not that his claims have no bearing on questions of social justice, but that the pursuit of social justice alone will always prove it, an ephemeral unless the deeper enslavement is recognized and handled. In Jesus' view, Caesar himself is a slave. What a statement. That's worth that's, that's unpacking and just thinking through a little bit. You may need to just pause it and process on that a little Verse 34 sets the context for the oft-quoted words. That's the end of Carson's quote. Verse 34, it sets the context for the oft-quoted words of verse 36. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So the slavery Jesus has in mind is a slavery to sin. With this context in mind, we read verse 36. So if the Son, that is Jesus, sets you free, you will be free indeed. So the slavery-freedom dynamic that Jesus has in mind is slavery to sin and freedom in Christ. As we've been saying this week, the irresistible gospel means freedom from our sin and freedom to obey the teaching of Jesus. Our loves have been properly ordered in Jesus. This isn't saying that we are now free to be fully self-determined, to determine our own morality and live as we choose. No, we are free from sin. Even in the opening statement of Jesus in verse 31, we see that this concept of freedom is not absolute freedom of self-determination to decide our own morality and truth. Now, freedom comes when one submits to the teaching of Jesus. Remember, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. centered in Jesus' teaching. This immediately is a different concept of freedom than our modern American concept, which glorifies the self as the final authority on truth and morality. Submitting then to Jesus' teaching, as Keller says, is a constraint that fits our nature and actually liberates us. Reflection time today, do you really believe and trust Jesus here? That following his teaching, which is no restraint, actually liberates us. When we believe what he says is true, trust that the way he teaches us to live is good, we find true freedom. It's rather counter counterintuitive that this death to self idea uh, really leads to resurrection life, so you're really going to have to trust him if you're going to believe him and follow his way and truly find life.